Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa. Tell you more about them in a bit. Uh, we got a potpourri of topics. We got to talk about a little bit more about the game from last night, including someone in attendance. Kyle wrote about the game. We'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about some dunks from former Kentucky players and upcoming dunks. And, we, and we'll also mention uh, the Matt Howell situation a little bit more. But, uh, Kyle, I guess we'll start out um, wrapping up from last night because I, I think I have my timeline right, and I don't think we mentioned it last night. But you got a reply from the SEC about the non- uh, basket interference call. Yeah, the um, first of all, I'd asked to you know be the serve as the pool reporter, or if we could have a pool reporter speak to someone on the officiating crew after the game, and they said per SEC policy, they they don't do interviews, which I think is ridiculous. Yes, uh, if everybody involved in every game has to stand out there and talk, so should the officials. Um, and if you've called an honest game, you know, you ought to be fine with explaining yourself. I mean, it's certainly nothing wrong with making mistakes, but you ought to stand up there and explain yourself. Nonetheless, they were not made available. Uh, so I submitted a couple questions. One was just clarifying was the only thing that they could review when they went to the review, which I think confused people in the arena when they went to the monitor. I think people having seen several replays on the big screen and realizing they were reviewing it, thought, oh, they're going to overturn this, wave off the basket, play overtime. But that was not a possibility, and that was the thing I wanted to clarify. And they did respond to that part and said uh, the only thing reviewable was the time, you know, whether or not they got it off in time. Um, And then the other thing was a two-parter. It was had it been a reviewable by their rules, would E.J. Montgomery's hand in the basket – before the ball got there, have constituted any sort of interference or uh, goaltending, and then did Big B Williams touching the ball while it was off the rim but still in the cylinder, uh, would that have constituted basket interference? Uh, first of all, answering it myself, watching it and reading through their rule book, no, E.J. Montgomery would not have been – called for interference upon review, I don't believe, based on the letter of the law. And yes, Big B Williams would have, and so yes, we would have had overtime. But the response to that piece of the question from the SEC uh, spokesman, Craig Pinkerton, was the rest of your question is hypothetical. <laughs> and that was it. So I understand that. Like, from a PR perspective, I get it. You know, but... Yeah. It, but, uh, you know, I think I think in that situation, all you do is submit the rules you know you snip yeah, out the that's rule a that point. applies to each of those things and say this is what the rules say we're not going to get into the hypothetical of if they should have what you know whatever because it wasn't reviewable but this is what the rules are yeah that makes sense uh, um, um yeah I, I, I completely agree with that and i mean in all honesty <laughs> at least it wasn't as bad as the nba's official referee account defending that bradley beal oh, fiasco from a few nights ago when he took literally five steps and they said that it was actually it was the correct call, not calling a walk, 
because he lost the ball and then regathered and then had some kind of pivot. I mean, that was the most ridiculous thing ever. So at least they didn't take it to the extreme of defending the officials. They just said, here's what happened, and we're not going to deal in hypotheticals. So they didn't do all they could do, uh, but at least they didn't try to defend something that was kind of just indefensible when you look at the video. I don't know. I, I just I don't know what else to say about it other than yeah. No, I was just uh, I just wanted to give the full because we didn't get to mention that part of it on the last edition of the show. So uh, since you got that information, yeah, I, I wanted to share. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the biggest point is what Cal Perry made that this is going to change. I mean, I think uh, uh, one of the high profile former officials has already put out on Twitter like this is. I would guess this will change soon. Uh, and it should. I mean, sometimes it takes sort of a high-profile situation to just really put a fine point on the fact that a rule is stupid. And it's just stupid that, like, you can't – like, why not? If if you have this over-the-basket cam, you have all these angles, plus you have a, a camera that looks down into the hoop to know if the ball's in the cylinder, why on earth on the final shot of a game – you know, you can review whether it was a two-pointer or a three-pointer. Yep. You can review whether he got it out of his hand in time. Uh, you can review several pieces of – You and can – We uh, found out you can review a block charge <laughs> yes. and reverse it <laughs> and reverse it, which happened to Louisville. Uh, but yeah. you can't review whether or not the basket was, was good, should have counted due to a potential interference. That's insane to me. Um, so I, I think it'll change. I think that's the main point here. And then the, the really the, the main, main point, the, the thing I kind of tried to focus on in my piece today for The Athletic was there are all these different views, and depending on your perspective, you know, if you're LSU, you want to you – know, you say it was fine, and yada, yada, yada. If you're Kentucky, you say you got hosed. It's all in the eye of the beholder. But I think P.J. Washington and Reed Travis, who are the two veteran team leaders, had the, the right view – uh, of all the views of this last play, and that was it does that that shouldn't even matter. Like PJ Washington said, my view of the last play was that it shouldn't have come down to that, and I thought that was a great sentiment. Yes, I thought it was important that the two guys that this team is going to now look to for leadership after a demoralizing loss feel that way. That it's our fault. We lost it in all the plays leading up to that play, and that's what we've got to focus on. I think when you're going into a game like number one Tennessee on Saturday. That's a that's a very good mindset to have coming out of the loss. Without a doubt. And we're going to be talking a ton about Tennessee on the next edition of the show. Uh, they did beat South Carolina tonight as we're recording on Wednesday uh, evening. Um, so they have the now a 19-game winning streak coming into Saturday. The final note from the LSU game, and I think most UK fans know this, uh, but some of the, it's got some national attention. Papa John was behind the UK bench, and he was wearing a UK shirt, and then... I think it was Sports Illustrated had a tweet that said something like, the former Louisville donor now cheering for a Kentucky question mark. I was listening to another college ba- college basketball podcast today, and uh, they made it sound like Kentucky invited him after he pulled all of his sponsorships. Well, not pulled all of his sponsorships. All of his sponsorships were pulled from Louisville after the comments that he made, the racist comments. Um, and so the actual story is... He donates to both schools. He's been donating for a long time. Those are his seats. He just hadn't used them in a while. And, you know, it was nothing like UK didn't invite him. There wasn't anything along those lines. And so I, I just wanted to point that out, Kyle. I think a lot of people who kind of follow that, followed that situation a little bit understood that. 
Um, but that's that's what it was. So if you hear like a national person point that out, they probably don't know the full story. Yeah, and I think there was some sort of like um, barbs thrown about that, like Kentucky. Well, Louisville didn't want this disgraced guy who said a racist thing, but Kentucky does, and yeah. it's not really it's not really the deal, and it's not like he jumped ship, like, as you point out. I mean, he's obviously his tie, I think, to Louisville was stronger. His name was on this his business's name anyway was on the was the name of the Louisville football stadium um you know he was on their their um uh, what board of trustees i guess yes but he's one he's been he's known Cal Perry and been friends with him for a long time two i, I think he wanted to support both the state's major institutions and also uh have partnerships with them for obvious reasons on both ends uh, he'd given a major donation to the University of Kentucky the university not the athletic program yeah. Uh, recently that they gave back after his scandal broke and they have just like Louisville, they have essentially purged his name from, you know, anything uh, that it was on and, and declined, I think any further university level donations. But I don't think, you know, I, I think we may have mentioned this. No, I guess we didn't. I think you and I maybe just talked about it, but I, I don't, I don't think even if they wanted to, they could just deny him, his tickets if he decides to keep renewing them. He has had them for a while. Those have always been his seats right there behind the bench. I think most of the time he gives them to other people. Um, you know, businesses and rich people buy seat, season tickets to all kinds of things that they use for business purposes and let people entertain business guests and things like that. Um, he hadn't been in those seats, I don't think, at all this season. I think understandably so. He's been trying to stay out of the spotlight, but just so happened in this pretty high-profile game, he pops up. You know, the guy more known for Louisville fan allegiance is wearing a UK blue uh, shirt and he's sitting right over Cal's shoulder. And so it, it certainly did get a lot of attention. I did a national radio show this morning. Humble brag. Uh, yeah. Well, which started out with them. Uh, it was uh, Jack Aroot, and I think he was a last minute fill in um, for the main host. I think Dari Noka uh, was supposed to host. And. Uh, he asked me about Kentucky's win over LSU Ooh. last night to open <laughs> to open oh, to open. No. Yeah. To well, open the show. I tell you what. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, that was like a real uncomfortable start to the show. <laughs> but um, and then but you know that was also one of the topics. He said like, "What the hell was Papa John doing sitting behind John Calipari and and Kentucky's bench?" And so I had to explain it on that show as well. But. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get that, like, people just don't know. Yeah. Like, Sports Illustrated was one uh, Twitter account that tweeted it out kind of in a, in a way that framed it as, like, oh, look, Kentucky's picked up this new, you know, disgraced fan because Louisville cast him off. And that, yeah. that's really not that's not really not the deal either. I, I don't think it, either school would like to have him out front right now. Like, I'm sure everyone involved with Kentucky was cringing, realizing that that was blowing up on social media and the pictures of – of him over Cal's shoulder there. Uh, I don't think it's what they want, but I also don't think, I mean, I don't know what the recourse is if he wants to have those tickets and use them. And I don't think they want to be just, I don't think they want to go to the guy and say like, you're not welcome here. Um, yeah. Although I would this argue a, maybe they should, but a, it's a tough, it's a tough, that's a tough situation. 
All right, um, you you just called out a guy for not knowing the, the score of a game that ended. Well, you were super wrong at the end of the last podcast. <laughs> we're going to mention that coming up next. But we just talked a lot about pizza. But if you want some good pizza, I'll tell you where you can go. You can go to La Rosa's. And there's one coming right to Lexington uh, in May. But until then, you can check out the closest location. It's up in Dry Ridge, and there's a bunch in the Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky area. Much like Skyline, La Rosa's is a Cincinnati thing. And what makes them awesome is they don't just have great pizza. They got a bunch of other recipes, and all those, um, all the other dishes uh, that are made with those recipes are family um, generated. You know, they're all from Buddy La Rosa's aunts, grandmas, and all those things. And all those things are available. Full. All those dishes are available for pickup, delivery. Uh, you can dine in in their fantastic dining room, which is super kid-friendly. Um, so check out LaRosas.com. You can get some more information, check out their menu, and um, be on the lookout for when LaRosas comes to Lexington. And until then, go check out your closest LaRosas location. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So um, Duke beat Louisville last night, Kyle. <laughs> you wouldn't know it from listening to me falling over <laughs> Louisville, blowing out Duke on our podcast. To be to be fair, I wasn't wrong about the the already finished outcome. I was just amazed at the fact that Louisville was up twenty three on Duke, and by the time we finished recording, a few minutes later, we sat there together in Rupp Arena and watched it on your laptop as. Duke stormed back, but also Louisville absolutely, as John Calipari says, peed down its leg. It was just – that was one of the more startling collapses. I mean, nobody on Louisville's roster wanted anything to do with touching the basketball. It was like a hot potato. There was, like, no confidence, no apparent uh, plan. It was just let Duke score. Well, not let, but I don't know what you can do with Zion steaming down the – Lane and and Cam Reddish pulling up from Splash Bros territory. And, yeah, um, and uh, hitting threes. R.J. Barrett dropping the ball between his legs, shielding two defenders, and Cam Reddish behind him picking it up and dropping a tray from NBA range. Yeah, you're, there's not too much defense you can do when when you get it rolling like that. But you know, you can as a Louisville player, you in theory could get the ball past half court uh, once or well, twice. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you you're letting you're letting Duke score on one end and then having just no no clue i mean they lost their minds they did they absolutely I, lost their minds i mean just total total as uh bomani jones uh likes to say one of his uh, famous phrases is lemon booty and uh i think definitely definitely little got a case of the lemon booty you're just puckered 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 butt yep got it got it got it <laughs> yeah um yeah and the Pucker other thing butt. that i they, find there's a serious Chronic case of pucker butt going on there in the last nine minutes. I mean, nine minutes, 23 points in like a little over nine minutes. That I, I think the NCAA said today was the largest comeback for a win uh, in a regulation game ever in history. There was a game in like 93 where somebody came back from down 26, but they forced overtime and won in overtime. Most anybody's ever come back in the final 10 minutes of a game in regulation and won ever, which is uh just uh, that's remarkable yes and uh and a lot of things like a lot of things went great i mean for duke uh reddish was getting crazy threes and zion was just unbelievable i think he had 11 points four rebounds three steals a block and an assist 
in like the last eight and a half minutes of the game. Um, I mean, he had like three steals in a row that pretty much let you know that uh, Duke's going to win this game. Yep, yep. And uh, that was impressive, but it was also just as spectacular of a of a just bedwetting by Louisville. And that that's the kind of I mean, as much as we talk about how like Kentucky lost to Duke in the opener in the just a beatdown and the the psychological damage that can do, I'm not sure it isn't worse to you know have all your hope built up and have all this like oh my goodness we're blowing out this great team and in front of our home crowd and what a what a crowning moment this is going to be in the first season under the new coach and then to to have a historic level collapse uh that you got to be careful with that too i think i feel like that could really uh cave in your your confidence going forward as well yeah i completely agree and it was a little odd to me because you know, kind of when you see something going wrong, it's the fender bender, and then you rubberneck to see what the heck happened in the car crash. Uh, I had to turn on some post-game Louisville radio, and I heard a bunch of people blaming Chris Mack. And, I, you know, in those nine minutes, I'm sure there were coaching decisions that were maybe questionable, and if they were changed, maybe, it, you know, Louisville scores one more basket, whatever. Uh, but, I mean... Tom Crean would have thrown his players under the bus because those aren't Chris Mack's guys for the most part. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, like, I, I didn't necessarily understand the crushing of the two coaches. Well, not at, and it's not that a ton of people were doing it. I mean, it's a select few, I'm sure. But, you know, in both those situations, I don't think Calipari or um, Chris Mack could have schemed up some magical game plan that would have been able to stop the talent that both LSU and Duke had. I mean, Louisville obviously did something right for a half and then another half. Then they just completely collapsed, and it was it was crazy to see. A couple quick football notes I did want to mention real quick. One, very, very important, um, speaking of booties, uh, our boy C.J. Johnson signed a new contract with the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL, and the way the official, the official CFL Twitter account announced the news, it said, Poop Johnson signs with the Argonauts. <laughs> no Poop. CJ. Yep. No, like there was no, like, you know, and sometimes you have a nickname in um, quotation marks or something along those lines. Nope. It, they just called him Poop Johnson. And uh, it was last name Johnson, first name Poop. And I actually, this is, since you humble bragged about being on national radio, I actually, I'll humble brag now. I sent him a text, a congratulatory text, and said, um, uh, congrats on the new contract. Can't believe the official CFL account called you Poop. He said, thanks, man. I don't mind. It's my name, so it travels with me. LOL. That's exactly what it's I would expect. It's my name. <laughs> That's exactly what I would expect from TJ Johnson, who but, is one of the, the best way, interviews we, ever. We gave him that nickname, so I feel I feel pretty... Well, he, he did an interview in the bathroom. Right, but I'm saying, <laughs> after, that, after that bathroom incident and talking about all his bowel movements... <laughs> Because he said he we, went, uh, he said he lost sixteen pounds one day because he went to the bathroom. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, at that I mean at that point you're Poop Johnson, and we uh, we committed to it, and it's it has followed him forward into a successful professional career. It's international, baby. So, okay, coming Poop up, Johnson. By the way, had like one of the more like astounding out of nowhere type seasons. He's a a little bit of a forgotten guy, but like. His production that one one season for Kentucky was was 
Didn't he break Incredible. like the, a, a sack record or something crazy? He, he broke a Jimmy Brumball record, I remember, because I remember doing those interviews. I forget exactly what it was, but um, I think it maybe was like tackles for loss or sacks by a defensive tackle or something along those lines. But I mean, Didn't he have like 17? No, I think it was single game. I think he had like, I don't remember the number. I want It was like five or something ridiculous in a single game. Um, but he did something that was crazy, and I remember him breaking record. And I remember that it was Jimmy Brumball who was the cor- it was the D line coach that coached him, and I, that's why you know that sticks in my mind because he was there was like a bunch of joking back and forth between those two guys. Well, now I got to look that up. Also, Micah Johnson, former Mister Football in the state of Kentucky, uh, and All ACC player at Kentucky, who mm-hmm. had a pretty pretty solid NFL career has been, I think in the CFL the last three or four years and been a really like an all league player there. I saw a tweet today that he is about to become the highest paid defensive player. I think it said, yeah, that's what in the CFL and the the current highest paid player makes is on like a three year, $750,000 contract. So they're obviously not NFL level deals, but 250,000 plus a year playing football is not a bad, not a bad deal. Coming up next, we are going to have one more football topic. Then we're going to talk about some Duncan, and then we're going to give you guys love advice. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we have, I feel like we've neglected the Matt Howe situation, Kyle, because <laughs> so many things have been happening with UK basketball. But we'll, we'll do like a, probably something a little bit more long on it next week and also kind of discuss when a new hire is made, what that would mean going forward. But, but just quick briefly, who do you, who's your probably probable top candidate in your mind? I got, I mean, I, I guess Brad white. Right? Yeah, that's I mean, what it's... that's I'm, I'm completely on the same page with you. I think that that's the probable right move. He's been, he was so valuable with Josh Allen and the other defensive guys. You got to keep him on staff. He's probably your hottest commodity. I would imagine on the whole staff, he seems to have the personality for it. Uh, I'm a big Brad White fan, so I think that would make just a ton of sense. You might have to do some other things and move some other parts and get some creative titles to keep everybody happy, much like they've done with Henshaw and Grand, where technically they're both coordinators, I believe. I forget the exact titles, but you, you'll be able to do something like that. But I think you probably end up promoting within. So we'll get into more. Henshaw's like the passing passing game coordinator. Yes, yeah, that's his title, I believe. Um, So yeah, they can do something like that uh, on the defensive side. I think it's too as much as anything. It's important to if that's what it takes to keep Brad White, you do it because you know Mark Stoops can be as involved as he needs to be in actually coordinating the defense, Mm -hmm. but they need to keep Brad White because he clearly works some magic putting the finishing touches on Josh Allen. Allen has talked about, everyone has kind of talked about White coming from the NFL and his role in, in turning Josh Allen from a, you know, the guy who was a two-star recruit and came into his senior season as a, as a very good, productive SEC player into the almost unanimous national defensive player of the year. I think that's a huge selling point in recruiting uh, to have Brad White here. And I think beyond the recruiting, I think he's a huge piece of their development um, aspect of things. And so I, if that's what it takes to keep him here, you do that. NBA notes one, Enos Kanter has signed with the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, one of Portland's mottos is keep Portland weird. Well, 
Congratulations. <laughs> you just got a little bit more weird. Also, uh, Kevin Knox had an unbelievable dunk over top of Ben Simmons, so there's a little revenge for Kentucky over LSU. I don't know if you saw that highlight yet, Kyle, but the DeAndre Jordan face is gonna is a meme worthy and you can you you'll you'll go um, I'm sure if you're listening to this by the time that this has happened, Kyle will have looked it up and then made some comment on Twitter. So you just follow you go to Kyle's Twitter profile and I'm sure you'll be able to find this highlight. It was just stupid. Ben Simmons went on the ground and was like crumpled like he was just uh, you know like a little little child or something. I don't know, you know, like in, he is obviously such a huge human. It was kind of crazy to see. And then finally, dunk-wise, Hamadou Diallo is in the dunk contest and that's going to be exciting, I think. Yeah, he uh I mean, he was a freak leaper. I mean, one of the all-time uh, one of the all-time best verticals in combine history. I think the second highest vertical in NBA combine history. This is really weird, by the way. I'm trying to watch this, this uh, like, NBA crackdown on video on social media. I'm trying to watch this Kevin Knox dunk, and every video I click on starts to play and then says media not available. Well, maybe it's because uh, you're trying to record a podcast on your phone, and so... It That's real. This is just really. I mean, I'm watching it on my laptop. Oh, and I can see stills of it. And it looks like he really did put it on him, like two hand, two hand jump. I'm seeing lots of references to the DeAndre Jordan reaction to the dunk. Oh my God, I'm a still shot of this Kevin Knox dunk. <laughs> I mean, that is a full blown poster. Yes. And Kevin Knox, so the question was, was he, you know, physically going to be ready to play with the big boys in the NBA? I mean, I guess the answer is yes. Good for him. He might have some really good pieces around him soon um, on what has been a horrible franchise. As but long as uh, back to Hamadou Diallo. Yeah, I guess he could be part of whatever gets dealt for whoever is brought in. But um, uh, one thing to keep an eye on at the Athletic, our, our old friend Brett Dawson, who used to cover Kentucky and a lot of people are familiar with, now covers the Thunder for – uh, the athletic and um, has written a bunch of different stuff on Hamadou who's had a, a great rookie season and I think really opened some eyes, surprised some people um, is writing a piece about him in the dunk contest. And it's got a cool angle. I don't want to give too much of it away, but Hamadou Diallo was once in a uh, high level high school dunk contest uh, who he met in the finals, uh, Zion Williamson. And uh, so that's a cool, some cool stuff about that dunk contest and about sort of what can be expected from Hamadou in the NBA dunk contest, where I think we'll finally have our answer on a thing that I asked a lot last season, whether or not Hamadou Diallo can actually palm a basketball. And I think that's why... I don't think he can. That's why Diallo left to get away from Kyle asking <laughs> Anyway, um, really, a uh, note here happening live as we record right about 10.30 p.m., Pack Pride just tweeted out that is a site that covers North Carolina State. Kevin Keats on Sasha Kalea Jones not being on the bench. Sasha is no longer on the team. That's all I'll say for now. So former oh, Kentucky wow. player okay. is on his new team. That's that's interesting. Uh, we'll try to get some more information on that and update that as the story progresses. But I just saw that uh, pass through the timeline and was kind of shocked. Um, so... Uh, all right, Kyle, we'll wrap up this one. This is the Valentine's Day edition of the show. So, Kyle, give give the people the best love advice you have, and then I got some 
some some tips on how to be frugal during Valentine's Day that my grandpa gave me today. What are you asking me for? Love advice? Yeah, man. Just like like how do you? I don't know. What you know? How, how do you keep your your lady uh, or man happy? How do you how do you make uh make everything <laughs> make everything good? Uh, I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but I know that <laughs> I just try to be. I just try to be helpful. Uh, just try to. Um, I don't know. See what uh, my wife needs me to do and do it, and yep. uh, try to pick your spots on what what you want to argue about. That's probably the best there best is. advice That's in some life. Good stuff. That's some and good like stuff. in general, probably. And I need to do it better on the internet. Uh, but pick your spots on when to actually have a fight, because uh, most things aren't really worth it. And that's not just true of relationships, but all all of your life. So okay. pick your battles. And that's uh that and like clean the house like that's one thing I'm a neat freak that's why I come from like a family of neat freaks so I do the laundry I do the I do the dishes every night I make the beds every day there um, go. I think that's that's a romantic thing to do that is very that is solid advice so do you want the advice my grandpa gave to me today she's always right <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh it was hey women love flowers. And when you give them flowers, you get brownie points and you can use those brownie points when you mess up because you're going to mess up. And then he said, and the best way to get um, flowers is to befriend the local funeral home director. Oh my God. That's what a, what a twist in that otherwise very nice advice. Just a, uh, just an incredible, incredible twist there. Um, I'm pretty sure he was joking. I'm befriend the funeral home director because he said uh, uh, the, by the, the funeral home director always has flowers and you know they're not they're getting not getting used after one day yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's really good by the way we have some more news uh Ole Miss the team picked last in the SEC just completed the season sweep over Auburn uh now 17 and 7 and Got a chance to make the NCAA tournament, and Auburn headed very much in the wrong direction. Bruce Pearl. I don't know, man. So, Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks to the Roses for sponsoring. Thanks to Kyle for the fantastic love advice. Thanks to Grandpa for the fantastic flower advice. You can follow along with us on social media at LockedOnUK. Find us on Facebook. Just search LockedOnKentucky. I'm on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can find the links to all of Kyle's stories on his Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Please subscribe, rate, review, and then most importantly, share this with somebody else who would enjoy this show. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Let's do a couple football. I, you know, Go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say, uh, well, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Well, good. <laughs> good. So we can, just, we can just skip it. I'm sure it wasn't important.